Right then, guys, so before we get into the episode, I just want to quickly say the first 30 or so seconds audio quality isn't the greatest, but it does pick up and gets a lot better afterwards. So hang in there and you're in for a crack of an episode. Right, welcome, guys, to the Slowpoke Roll episode number 13. And we are joined by the one, the only, back-to-back NAIC champion, Stefan Ivanov, long-time friend of the world. How are we, my man? Hey, I, I'm doing very, very good. Thank you very much. It's kind of amazing to win the tournament two years in a row. Um, I didn't expect to, to go that far in the tournament. I hope to do well and I felt prepared, but, uh, you know, between that and actually winning, uh, there's, uh, there's a, have a lot of differences. <laughs> I mean, that must just feel amazing now I think about it. Like you, won, you, you won the last one and you come in. And then I seen you got into day two. I was like, get in, my man. Then you got to the uh, top eight. I was like, get in. And then on the way back from a league challenge, I remember I was I was sort of watching Twitter and all that go off. And I was like, he's in the final. He's only gone and done it. I was in the pub at the time. I was like, right, get the phone up, get Twitch on. And I was watching Stefan in the pub, winning his second and uh, biggest biggest tournament of the season. So there he goes, what a fella. So we're going to skip yeah. over the icebreaker today. We're just going to get straight in to the nitty gritty and uh, dissect exactly how he did it. So Stefan, I know he got top eight at the regional before. Sweden regional with Zorowa. Now, in a meta that's so sort of filled with 270 HP tag team, you know, PCOM that self-accelerates three energy after an attack. Um, I know you've been championing Zoroark so much. What, what sort of made you lean so heavily towards Zoroark to bring it to two big events. Yeah, so there's like, Ultra Topic is just uh, a comfort pick, right? I feel very used to Zorak, and you know, like starting, there's a, a familiar, familiar feeling basically when I start the game with uh, with uh, Zorua and I start using Nezbol and everything. Uh, the reason why Zorak is so good, in my opinion, otherwise, is because, especially for uh, like big events like internationals, you cannot predict what everyone will bring because there will be players from all over the world. Um, you know, like uh, testing groups that will test up in secret. Sometimes they bring uh, some very classic things like VHM and Zentrum. Sometimes they bring uh, rough decks or, you know, you, some decks you know, but with some new tech in it. Uh, so there's a lot of, um, of different stuff you have to be prepared for. And because of the, the consistency of trade, because of the way it gives you a lot of options if you build your deck correctly, um, Zorak is always a good choice for these big tournaments. Um, because, yeah, trade basically just gives you control over the game. Uh, you can draw the cards, um, you draw the cards, which you always have a lot of options in your hand, so you never, well, sometimes, but rarely, uh, you know, just at the mercy of your top deck, praying, oh, I hope I get something good. Uh, often you can, like, have a game plan going into the match, and uh, yeah, basically have a bigger uh, amount of control over the game. Yeah, that's that's perfectly fair to be honest with you. And I can imagine there's something to be said for just being able to every every game be able to sit down and say, "Well, I'm doing this. It's gonna happen. I'm Zoroark. I'm drawing two to four to six cards a turn without playing my supporter." So that seems fair enough. So. Moving in between the uh, big events, you've got Sweden Regionals and NAIC. Um, what sort of changes were made between the lists, and then what was the reasoning behind them? 
Okay, so yeah, after Yon Shopping, so as you said, I made top 8 there. I lost both in rounds and in top 8 to Bird Vultures playing Rush's Art with uh, the Green's Exploration variant with uh, mixed herbs. So I knew that matchup was unfavorable, but it didn't feel like unwinnable. Um, so I had some ideas to improve the matchup, and my first idea was to add a second Takulele and a second Judge. So there are three reasons for why this helps. Uh, first of all, Judge is very good against Rishi's art because you want to um, basically be so both the ability variant and the greens variant don't play, don't really play draw supporters, right? They have welder yeah. and stuff, but otherwise they have like, like utility stuff like Kiawe and Guzma, obviously. Um, so when you put them at four cards in hand, uh, when they were like at 8 or 9, they lose a lot of stuff. And for example, if they want to build out of our attacker, they might need to have, have Welder and uh, Fire Crystal in hand. Yeah. So that's several things that they need to get. If you and you have Alan them down often because they cannot use any of the abilities they rely on, so they really need to top to, to deck out of it. Uh, if it's the greens variant, they have more out, but they're also slower to get out of it because they might need to play greens and then it's like welder for the next turn with it, stuff like this, so uh, it gives you time, so Judge is pretty effective against that, if you, like, it can delay the them setting up their second attacker. Okay, the second so reason God why just, I uh, wanted... God, just ask a question there, because that Sorry. seems like some really good um, sort of gameplay knowledge there. With the Judge in them, would you say, would you sort of try and do that early game to prevent them trying to set up that Zard, or would you try and combine it with a knockout if they haven't got a backup attacker? When's the best time to time that Judge? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the second option. Basically, okay. you really can afford to judge in the early game before they set up a first attacker. Yes. Uh, they can set up one first. And you need to play over stuff like Lily to set up yourself, right? If you judge yourself on too risky because you could not draw the RGX like this. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly like you, you attack, you put pressure on the, on the Pokemon. Ideally, you to hit KO it. And when you do the second attack, you do judge at the same time, so it's so it is harder for them to uh, set up the the other attacker. Okay. Right. Any other changes? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So just the, the other thing about the second takulele is because it also helps you get Guzma uh, to get on the offensive to attack their uh, attack team on the bench as early as possible. So that helps a lot against Rizar because I just said the greens variant because they will just put a Volcanion in front and charge up. Uh, Irish Zard or an Ibisdon Axe, and you don't care about the Volcanion, you want to attack the big tech teams because they will give you the, the prizes to win. Yeah. So you need to get Guzma early on and start uh, dealing damage to them, and Guzma is the, having Lele for Guzma is very important for that. And the other reason is that um, Lele is actually the best attacker to use against Eevee and Zardax GX, because it's not an evolution Pokemon, so they have to use their GX to knock it out, so they only can, they can only do it once, and also if they use VGX, we cannot use Rishizar GX afterwards, so they cannot have an attack that oh, one hit KOs you for free energy. So forcing them to use Ibis Nolax as GX is pretty good. Also, if they put a fifth energy on Ibis Nolax, uh, no then you can just judge them uh, afterwards to reset their hand to four cards. So it works out pretty well. And this list with two Lele and two Judge was doing pretty well against uh, Rishizar, but once I got to Columbus, I had another issue, which is that uh, it was being, it was getting harder and harder again to play against Ikaram because I had cut like Larvitar and 
even with it in uh, with the Lojanit basically, uh, when you play against good Ethereum players with very aggressive lists, um, you generally couldn't uh, handle their speed. Uh, basically, the way that was, uh, Rahul really playing Picaram, mm. and the way he played and the way he basically put it is he didn't respect the, the Zoark. So, I, I mean that as in, um, instead of playing cautiously and saying, oh, but if he has this card, then he can do that and so on, you would just assume that I don't have everything I needed and just go all in. So sometimes he would just put six energy on a pick around to force me to have new, or he would, um, yeah, just try to take a bunch of prizes instead of going after an attacker on my bench, but, but would only go give him one prize or stuff like this. And most of the time it went very well, like sometimes I had everything and it saved me, but most of the time he was winning most of, most of the games just because he was going too fast and I couldn't get damage uh, going on uh, before he, he won the game basically. So that was the issue, uh, but otherwise the deck was feeling great against uh, like the rest of the stuff we, we were playing, like it was okay against Richard, was doing good against Abdos Beast mostly, and that's, like, that's the main decks we played against when playing. And so what the, the big change was when Henry Brand suggested uh, Nagandale GX for its uh, Stinger GX attack, where you could reset the price count to free uh, for both players. And I was like, yeah, sure, well, let's test it. And it actually went very well, because suddenly Picaram taking a big prize lead, taking three, four, even five prizes, didn't really matter, because you could just like reset that to, to, to three prizes each. And if you could put some damage before, uh, on Picarom, you would defend those Stinger, and then you could just attack once more, and you would just win. And they couldn't have any opportunity to attack, to win before. I mean, as long as you have you on your bench, they cannot take more than two prizes in one turn, so that's, that basically turned the matchup around. Even matchups where I had bad starts, which were previously just um, uh, a death sentence for Zorak, basically, uh, you could actually... You, you could actually come back from from this, and that made the, the deck very very appealing to play. Um, uh, yeah, it also worked against Rosizard. It improved the, the matchup, so it's uh, that was basically the main new addition of the deck. Uh, then, of course, we had to figure stuff out because to, in order to put in the LGX, we were like, what should we remove? So for a while, we removed the Alan Muck line to have more space. We were like, it's okay. Uh, we don't need Merc against Picaram now, we don't need Merc against um, other stuff, but it was still uh, the, the Zapdos matchup was getting worse, even with stuff like Giratina and Dugong in the list. Mm -hmm. So we put Merc back without the Grimer, <laughs> uh, because it was hard to find space, but um, yeah. basically it was more, one more option to, to help. And it, it actually made Ditto more threatening, so we had to target it on turn one, and which means that we could uh, like at FTCE to Zoro on turn 1, and then use Zoro on turn 2, stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, it's worked pretty well. Okay. Oh, I like it. I, like, I remember when I was watching the stream, because uh, I saw, I think you discarded the Nagadadel, and I was like, what on earth? What was all this about? I was like, wait, you ain't got no Ultra Beast, and I clocked. I was like, oh, wait, that must be for Stinger. I like that, as clever. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty That is pretty legit, to be fair. That is pretty spicy. Um, one of my other questions for you. Is obviously, you know, Zoroark before had been, you know, sort of, well, starting off in the early days, you had like Zoropod, and then Zoroark was played for the longest time in like Zoroark Persian Slow King. What made you lean so heavily towards Dugong? Because um, it's one of those cards I feel as if when it got um, released, there was a lot of hype, 
you know, even see, even see people like Rukun Shao champion it in uh, Malamar. But um, why why do Gong so heavily? What because um, you sort of stuck your guns with that one. And to be fair, I did see it work pretty well in the finals. But you know, just for the viewers that maybe wasn't watching, um, yeah, why do Gong? Yeah, um, Jugong has like really a lot of benefits. It's just it's not to account for one matchup or anything. It's just I think the best partner for Zorak right now. Okay. Um, so it uses triple acceleration energy pretty well, right? Because yes. normally its attack is very good, but you need to discard two energy. But since you use a triple that you discard anyway, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So already Jugong, if you look at the attack, it's already one of the um, like it. it Basically uses the advantage of triple acceleration energy without a drawback, so it's pretty nice. Yes. Um, and if you looking at Japanese at the results from Japan tournaments, Jung seem to do pretty well. I mean, it, it was in various formats that don't always match one to one with ours, but it was still doing pretty well. So yeah. I was like, okay, clearly this is not just a, a crazy talk. This actually uh, works and very, it's worth testing. And having triple acceleration energy in the deck also makes the Zorak deck a lot, lot less awkward to use. You know, when I was playing Zorak Lightning Rock, for example, yeah. uh, it's a bit weird sometimes, the, the, energy, the energy, because sometimes you need to attach energy in advance, uh, yeah. you know, but, but uh, uh, fighting energy on Rock Ruff on turn one, mm -hmm. uh, otherwise you can be, you might not be able to answer uh, full blitz in turn two or whatever. Yeah. So you need to, to prepare for uh, for stuff, and if you put too much energy in play, then Coco GX can uh, become an issue, but you still need to, to prepare your attackers and everything. Um, and with the, this new version, then you just have attackers that use double coalesce and attackers that use triple energy. And even Zara can use a triple acceleration energy, so you have more outs for Riotus beating, basically. Yes. So it's uh, energy-wise, it's a lot uh, smoother to use, it's a lot more... Uh, it's. I'm much more comfortable with this uh, energy line, so yeah, I really like the triple acceleration version of the deck. Uh, as for Jugong itself, well, I mean, it helps against plenty of things. If you have it in the mirror match on turn two and they don't play Mew, or you can, or even if they play Mew, but you can get L and Muck, then you can just snipe to Zora or Zora and Meow. They play a 60 HP Meow for some reason, or like. But Zora and Dito, and Dito is a target, of course. Basically, it's just can it's just a very put out of pressure very early on. Same thing against uh, Malamar, for example. You can snipe two in case. Same same thing. Um, so against Zirashi decks like Zabdos Beasts, um, you can actually take two prizes in one turn with uh, dual blizzards and skip the sledgehammer. So that makes one of our main threats much less threatening. Yeah. Um, you can um, so Jugong also basically wins you the Blacephalon and Blacephalon GX matchups because it just deals 60 damage, which is a one hit KO on Billy Blacephalon. Mm -hmm. 90 we are Chase Burn, which is an annoyed one hit KO on Blacephalon GX with weakness, of course. So you can just attack straight with uh, Jugong's first attack in, in these matchups and put <laughs> a lot of pressure on them. So yeah, it, it's actually useful like, against everything. Except tag teams, basically. I mean, even against tag teams. At first, we had Lavitar, so you could do Blizzard into a Picarum and then oh, Lavitar okay. with Lavitar Choice Band, or yeah. Lavitar Choice Band Pukui against Ibis Nova GX, or just Lavitar if it's against a Zorak GX deck, you can just put 60 on something and 60 on Persian GX or Zorak GX and then threaten this. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of uses. Um, 
and it's a non-GF attacker, right? So if they, you, you put something in the active, you, that doesn't even have energy because you just discarded the triple acceleration energy, but they still have to, it's still in the active, so often they have to knock it out. Uh, yeah, just a, a very versatile card of something, something that helps in a lot of situations. And often when you're under, if you know, when you're against a new deck, was like, wait, they play a lot of weird stuff, I've never played against this before. Um, the answer is often Dugong. If you play against, uh, I don't know, playing against Tool Drop, Dugong was great. I played against Spirit on Text, and Dugong was great. Uh, if you play against Dust Marsh for some reason, Dugong is great. If you wipe, it's just, uh, it just had a, lot of, um, had a lot of options to the deck. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And especially when you've got that inbuilt consistency as well, where you draw an extra four, six cards a turn. Like you said, get get into those triple acceleration engines, or even evolving up isn't the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, and yeah, like you said, hitting off um, 60s, it's just it's such a good number, isn't it, to be fair? And it's mm. anywhere, not just bench, active bench, double bench, you know, whatever. And I guess it sets up maths for Persian as well in the late game. So yeah, I quite yeah. like Dugong in there. Might have to give it a little go. Um Another thing was that the Tate and Liza. Now, we've seen that get used a lot in the final, in all honesty. I was like, yo, Tate and Liza <laughs> coming in. Um, what, has that always been in the list of Tate and Liza? How, how effective have you found that? Is it more, do you play it more for the, the switching option, or do you play it as like a switched option that can also be an almost Cynthia at times? Um, well, it's both. And really, that's the, the point of the card is that it's both. It's been in the, the list in, in and out, like. Um, I've tried with it without it. Uh, the reason I really wanted taking Lysa in the deck when we added Meganadel GX is because you can sometimes uh, get stuck in the active with Meganadel GX, right? You just use Tinger, yes. you don't have energy, and maybe you don't have energy on your board elsewhere. Yeah. So, of course, you can use Guzma to get out of this. But if, for example, if you fit a Picarum for um, 120 and they put the, the Picarum in the, in the active, the damage Picarum, then you cannot even, you can't Guzma. And knock out something. Um, yeah, basically you cannot Guzma to, to knock yeah. out the big run because yeah. it's already in the active, so you, you would have to to, active, yeah. to put it in the bench. So Tentalizer gives you the option of just saying, well, I'm just going to switch and attack and win the game this way. So it's not again just participation, but basically that's why the Tentalizer works well with the Del GX. And also it's a consistency card, right? So it's never a bad thing to add this. Sometimes yeah. you. Uh, you have an awkward hand turn one, and Lily isn't the best option, and just being able to shuffle and draw five is good. Obviously, Cynthia would be better, but Cynthia doesn't give the switching option, yeah. which was important in this matchup. And when you have so many cards that you want to fit in the deck, and so a uh, little space, you have to basically combine your choices. So instead of playing like one Cynthia and one Switch for both purposes, yeah. you would play one Tenaliza, which sure is a bit less effective than both, but it's in, the, in only one card. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, also it also helps against Toll. So we didn't actually play this against Toll, but in theory we were like, well, we can take three prizes with Singer at first, and then we have two judges, we have Hellpad, we... So if we have Tate and Liza to make sure we cannot stick anything, um, like block anything into the active spot, uh, we, should be, we should be fine. And, uh, well, I didn't actually play against Toll during this tournament, but I played it's uh, quite a bit on um, on ladder and CGO since then, and the matchup is is fine, so we were right. There we go, happy days. So that's what us up into the tournament. And so we said, oh, we were we were a bit. I wouldn't say worried, but we were a bit sort of shaky about the Picaron matchup. Everyone else seemed sort of fine or manageable. So talk to us about how did your day one sort of go in the tournament? 
Yeah, uh, so I started playing against uh, Weezing in game one, which is a good matchup, except I died because uh, game two I had to bench, like, I think I had Tedene and Lele on the bench, and these two Pokemon get, like, they accumulate damage counters twice as fast as other Pokemon because they get damage both from Shrine and from Weezing's ability, and I couldn't find my Israel line in time, so I, at the point I just had too many counters and he won by game two. So, and game three, like, uh, time was still very early on, so that was a, I thought which is unfortunate, because Wizzing is actually a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, uh, in uh, game two, in the round two, I played against Wizzing again, and this one went uh, better. Um, I don't remember exactly the case, but I won. Like, Wizzing actually were, is a good matchup in uh, most situations, in, uh, because as long as you don't have to bench too much awkward stuff, you have a lot of options, you can just one-hit your wizards, or you can use mana and uh, something like Hendron Guru, and use Dual Blizzard to knock out two wizards at the same time. You have Field Blower to remove the Shrines, you have Marshadow to remove the... No, Field Blower to remove the spell tags, Marshadow to remove the Shrine, um, you to prevent the damage, and so on. Anyway, it's a good matchup. Um, game round three, I played against the Vikavolt deck. Um, so that was a bit unexpected. I saw, you know, he starts with like Josh active and Beast on the bench or something, and I was like, okay, that's those beasts. And then he searches for uh, Grubbin, and I was like, hmm, uh, interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, it turns out to be Vikavolt's actually not bad against um, um, against Zazar because it has 150 HP, so it's a bit hard to knock it out, yeah. and it's. Um, it hits uh, like can a one kill. Yeah. yeah, if you Scary. can attach for energy, which is not that hard with energy with Shashabug and Coco Prism, uh, you can just one shot this RGX. So that was a bit concerning. I had to use Persian in that matchup because the yeah, Persian just deals a lot of damage very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you can use the GX early on, and then later on you can use the the over attack. So yeah, I don't remember exactly. I think game one he whiffed something important at some point and. Yeah, personally, I was going for the Dugong to try to knock out some uh, some stuff as much as I could. He played Mew, so that wasn't uh, that wasn't easy. But maybe I got knocked out. I don't remember. I might be confusing stuff. Uh, but yeah, I managed to to win the prize race. Game two, it went in his favor. I think I had like uh, I started Mew and I used uh, Psy Power to put free damage counters on his Grubbin so that it would have one what 20 HP when it evolves. So we know he with Zoark, but then he attacked with Zoark, with the Cavils, and I actually couldn't fill my bench, so I couldn't knock it out, and it went uh, downwards from there. And game three, I think had an awkward start, and okay, maybe that's the best game where I put a run back early, or something. Anyway, I just uh, managed to knock out his only Vikavolt uh, pretty quickly, and uh, he just couldn't um, sustain. So yeah, he I won that game. Um, Kind of, yeah, one before he could do anything, many things. Uh, round four, I was against Zapdos Beast. To be honest, I don't remember this game at all, so <laughs> I'm just gonna. I, I wrote that I won both games, but uh, I don't remember anything about this uh, about this round. Sorry. Okay. Uh, round five, I, guess I went against Rishizard with Green's uh, Exploration. Uh, so the bad matchup went, went fine, uh, but I actually. Maybe I kind of misplayed. So here's the thing. He, I was worried about. I had attacked his Ibis Norlax for 120 or something. Okay. 
150, I don't remember, but uh, that's uh, the game plan. And then I could single GS if I wanted. But I was getting a bit worried because I was like, does he play healing cards? Yeah. Uh, he, um, I was really worried about mixed herbs. So I was like, if I stinger now and he mixed herbs, I cannot knock him out after that. And I'm uh, a bit worried about um, about that because then he would, it would make him win. So I'm like, I can actually just knock out this if he's not lax and judge. He doesn't have another attack already, already, so I should be able to just win the game normally, which is something you can do against uh, against this matchup. Um, but yeah, so that's what I did. I knocked him out with uh, Zorak or something. But then he got a good hand off of Judge. I think he uh, managed to get Wilder, and he yeah he and he was back in the prize race. So I had to use Singer GX later in the game anyway. But it was uh, I couldn't prepared the damage controls on it, so yeah. yeah, it still went out in his favor. Um, I think they attacked with, yeah, he got the Guzma when he needed or something. Uh, and retrospectively, I don't know if he played mix herbs, but I, I saw Custom Catcher and I saw Acrobike, and you don't have space for Custom Catcher and mix herbs and Acrobike, so yeah. I should have gathered that he wouldn't play the mix herbs. I, go, I guess I just got too scared, basically, and um, yeah, played too safe instead of taking the, the risk, which should I'm pretty sure would have won me the game, but maybe not. Maybe I'm not. Uh, it's not 100% sure. So, yeah. Anyway, I got the single GX play in uh, in game two. In game two, I was like, okay, he doesn't play mixer, but he didn't see any, so uh, it's safe to go for it. And it worked very well. He was like, whoa, that's actually cool, and so on. <laughs> and game three, I think I got a bad start and couldn't, yeah, set up enough attackers to do anything good. So he just won the bad game. So I was a bit frustrated because that's supposed to be a good matchup, and I kind of it was my fault, but I didn't go for the the win. Uh, but you know these things happen, and it's a big tournament, so you cannot know. Unlike um, unlike in biggest thing, you don't know what your opponent is going to be playing, so yeah. you you have to adapt on the spot to what you think they might be having in their deck. Yeah. Uh, Ronsis was against Pikachu and Zekrom. Don't remember that much about this matchup except that uh, yeah, I won two one. I think game three. I got a bit lucky. Uh, like I think as he used, he managed to remove the the move that I had set up, and then he used the GX and he had a, several outs in his deck and he whiffed them. So I mean I don't remember exactly what he needed, and I think that he showed me. And then he was like, oh I had all these outs and I don't know if he had that many or or whatever. If he had, if it had would have won him the game or if I, I still had options afterwards. So. Yeah, I don't remember the details, but I think that I got uh, yeah, I got somewhat lucky in game three at least, and um, and yeah, don't remember game one and two. <laughs> I probably used Stinger because you always use Stinger in this matchup. <laughs> um, round seven was against Rishizad, but the ability variant this time. Yeah. Um, I won 2-0. I'm pretty sure that I set up Muck uh, pretty early in game one, and yeah, after I knock out one attacker, he just scooped uh, because he had his bench full of stuff like Marshall Doe and Jirashi that didn't matter at all. Um, don't remember game two. Uh, I know that in this matchup I'm worried about Miltank, but he filled his bench very quickly with stuff that wasn't Miltank, so I was like, okay, that's fine. And he told me afterwards that he actually cut the Miltank anyway, so... Ah, okay. No, that's, that's always a good for me. That's, yeah, that's a worry. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because Miltank is basically ability where she's out only hitting card. Yeah. So as long as we cannot use it, whether that's because it's knocked out or the is full or Adlan is in play, um, 
as long as they cannot uh, use it, you can just go the use the two hit KO plan with Stinker Jet in between and just win the game in two attacks. So that's pretty good. Uh, Roth 8 was against Spiritum Umbreon, played by Chris Yakala. The game was a stream, so you can watch this if you want. Um, I won game one with Alolan Merc, which basically shuts down Eevee and Spiritum's abilities, so his damage output is uh, very low afterwards. Uh, game two, he got Anshkochi X. He plays like 1 1, but uh, he got it early, and that was very bad for me because then I need to, you know, Guzma something else to have synergy, and then Guzma back the Anshko to to attack it. And I think I couldn't get my double less fast enough, so it was awkward and stuff, and he just put a lot of damage quickly. So I lost. And game three, it was a, a price race. He didn't go for Anshko, I don't know if he was surprised, or it's just that he had a 119 and he. Felt like if he benched the the, the Marco, would just use Guzma on it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, at some point in the game, I figured out that his Mew was prized because he went like L for Spiritum, Spiritum nothing or something. So it was like, okay, uh, I was had a seal on the bench. If he had the Mew, he would definitely have taken it. So it's prized. And so I I tried to focus on Dugong, and uh, it was a, a close prize race. But at the end, I took my last two prizes with you with Virtual Bizarre. So. Um, yeah, Jugong saving today once again. <laughs> and round nine was a mirror match where I won second. And so uh, my start wasn't great, so I was, was like, oh, this is not good for me, game one. But I don't know if he, I feel like he must have misplayed at some point because, he, or he, or maybe he drew very awkwardly, but he couldn't really capitalize on on this. And I managed to come back. I think I used uh, Guzma to always prevent his person from hitting the field. And, uh, yeah, I guess I made better use of my Guzmas and Esuola, and in the end, uh, and also using Jugong to, you know, knock out uh, something and um, put damage on another attacker to threaten the knockouts to force them to Esuola or something. Uh, basically, with Jugong, you you can do, for example, 60 to Zoro to knock it out, and 60 to Zoro GX. Then versus Zoro GX has 150 damage, so. If I use it, for example, to attack to knock out the Jugong, you can just bring your own Zorark with Choice Band and knock it out. Yeah. So, yeah, it puts a lot of um, it actually puts a lot of pressure on them. So they are like, they have to decide: Do I ACO that is 60 damage? Do I just hope he doesn't have a Choice Band, and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, he, I think he had Mew and he put it. Uh, he played it early, but then uh, he had an awkward um, setup because he didn't have enough Zorark in play. Uh, I think at the end of the game he actually pushed Merkin play because he wanted he also played Jugong. He also he wanted to remove the my own Mew or something. But I could use it in my favor as well. Anyway, I'm not too sure, but basically I managed to turn the prize race around. And game two he had to start we had to GG change away his hands. But in this end he had like Esola, Guzma, uh, Field Blower, Palpa, stuff like this. So yeah. I knew even if he actually got some Zoraks in play. I knew that I had more resources than him, but I could heal and he couldn't. But I would have more Guzma than him. And so, yeah, in the end, when eventually just uh, the, game, the match just turned in my favor for this reason. So, yeah, so I ended up uh, day one at 7-1-1, which was uh, like probably the best record I've had at an international uh, after day one. Uh, it's always good to. Yeah, to to be in that spot where you're like, okay, I can actually afford one loss in in day two. I'm not. I don't need to to just win out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how day one went. Uh, we went uh, 
some burger place near the venue to <laughs> celebrate Men, the, the both of us that went into day two and uh, then tried to get some sleep. <laughs> there we go. So the, so let's say you've woke up on the day of uh, around uh, the, the day of day two. What are we sort mm. of thinking? Like, what are we sort of hoping we've run into? And um, at this point, what was you, what was you hoping for? Was you, was you, was you gunning for the for the whole thing at this point? Was you sort of looking for a top eight? Tell us what were your what were your thoughts as you were sort of walking to the venue? Yeah, well, I was like, okay, seven one one is a pretty good starting point. I need to go for one one today, which felt doable. Obviously, not easy, right? It's uh, but like day one has had shown me that basically what I actually believe to be true, which is that we didn't have any uh, terrible matchups. Uh, I wasn't comfortable against Tol because I hadn't played the matchup, and I was worried about against good players. If what we had would not be enough because we didn't play Rongaru, yeah. but at the same time, I was like. This doesn't seem unbeatable or anything. Just um, I don't want to face it if possible, but yeah. I, I guess it could work out. Um, pick around. Well, I had beaten one. I wasn't feeling amazing against it, but I knew that uh, from testing that it was uh, definitely okay. Which is hard. Yeah, sure, I lost against one, but uh, I felt like the matchup was winnable. And if I hadn't missed in game one, or if I had drawn better in game three, it would have gone my way. So, yeah, I, I felt like. I could take on any things, and but so sure I could lose to to bad starts or to misplay or to my opponent just outplaying me. But uh, I also felt like the, it was in my hands, right? I, I wasn't going to sit at some table after uh, at some round and be like, "Oh, you're playing this? Well, I scoop yeah. or anything." Like my tournament run wasn't going to be over before any match started. Everything was going to be played during the the games, yeah. and uh, that's always a good feeling, you know, not having to. To, to hope before the, at the pairing boards, like, well, hopefully I don't hit this or that. I mean, I didn't feel that great against other Zorak decks, especially like the ones that uh, Limitless played with 2 2 version or something, uh, or 3 2, I guess. Uh, that would probably be bad matchups, but still, you know, with Dugong, you can actually, st you, you can try to uh, beat them early on, taking big, uh, taking prizes on turn 2, stuff like this. So even that didn't felt. Uh, Impossible, like nothing felt impossible. So uh, I was feeling pretty good, and to be honest, I had a, a feeling that I could do well. Obviously, it's uh, easier to say this uh, in retrospect, but uh, it didn't. Yeah, I was feeling okay, uh, and I wanted to do my best, but I obviously didn't expect to <laughs> to to win or anything at that point. I just, uh, you know, felt that I had a shot at, at doing well. Okay, so. Awesome. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, sorry. so talk, talk to me about your round two matchups and how, how, how were they going? Yeah, so like uh, day one, I started day two with a tie to another favorable matchup, Zabdos Beast. Um, yeah, game two was uh, a bit tough because he played uh, Boswell and Promosa GX, which is something that I had experience playing against in testing, but I didn't know necessarily what the best way to play against it was, so it was always a bit of uh, on-the-spot adaptation. Yeah. Um, he actually went... Uh, I actually felt like I won game one, and game two I felt like I was doing well, but then he got uh, Basmo Sajiak with Beast Energy, and he used Coco Prism to put another energy on it, so... And then he, I think, used my, my seal or something for this game. Anyway, he took, basically, he took... Um, uh, he used the GX, so he took two prizes, and then he had two prizes left, and he had this big GX with um, two 
uh, with uh, like two energy and yeah. one of them being uh, the least energy because I had choice then. So it was like, okay, he gets uh, if he gets his last Guzma and a rainbow energy, he can just knock out the arc and I lose. So I was like, okay, I, I played judge. I brought out uh, Dugong and I took a knockout on his bench with Dugong. So I was like at one press left and the next one I could just Guzma something and pick up his arc. I just need him to not knock me out and he needed his last Guzma because I had Dugong in the IT which would only give him one press. And he got um, Escape Probe to retreats and he brought out Jirashi and after Jirashi he got his last Guzma and he also had one of his last two rainbow energy in his hands. Uh, of a deck that was not that small, so I was a bit frustrated because I felt yeah. like the odds were not in his favor, but yeah. you know, it happened, so yeah, yeah we tied, but like time had either been called or was called just after that, so we didn't have time for game three, so it was a tie. Um, on the next round, uh, I think it's another of those beasts, which actually won this time, so same thing, I don't remember much about this, uh, this matchup, I mean, like about this game, this round, so. Yeah, I'll just uh, I'll just keep over it. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, we just, run too well. Like, we just won that yeah. one, and off we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, uh, round twelve was against uh, Rishizard, like the Jirashi variants. Um, this was against uh, Otavio Gouveia from Brazil. I think that was the first non-American player that I, I played in the tournament. I think that up until then, uh, yeah, right. Oh, wow. but, like up until then, I had only played against uh, opponents from the U.S. So, yeah, I won both games. I'm pretty sure that uh, game one I got early Alolan Muck, which, uh, you know, is always good to, to have against the, this variant. And, uh, yeah, and he play, this guy played Miltank, so I was a bit more worried, but Muck always makes this matchup much better. You know, Muck, Judge, they get nothing and so on. Yeah. Uh, second round, uh, second game, I mean, um, I was I played, uh, used the, the Stinger play to to come back from a price deficit and but uh, my board wasn't very great I had like I think like one trade only um, because I had to bench a bit of stuff and uh, yeah and he managed to even after a judge he managed to get the welder and stuff so he had two attackers ready so he retreated his damaged uh, Richard and brought us another one so basically I needed and he let lose me. Also, so I needed to draw like um, energy, choice band, uh, a Pokemon to put on the bench, um, and Guzma or something for the for the win. So I had some out. My deck wasn't very big, and I had two races Retro left for Lele, which would give me the Guzma. And uh, but basically, I just drew very well of the let lose this time. Uh, I got like triple colorless, uh, choice band, and like a Zorua or something. And I traded away the other card, and I got the Guzma, uh, and I got the Guzma, so I just had everything I needed to deal 150 to his Rishizard and win the game, so that was fortunate. Uh, round 13, the next one was on stream again. It was against uh, Hunter Butler, who plays Sunfist Periton. Um, so, again, like my opponent, like uh, Chris Tekala from, from day one, this guy also played 1-1 uh, Hunchcrow GX, and he actually started the uh, Game one with Murkrow pass. He had nothing else. I was like, okay, does he have absolutely nothing, or does he just have the onshore GS in hand and he just wants to play down on turn two? Because if he plays it and I don't have a DC in hand, in play, I mean, I just lose because I can never attach energy again. I can never lose something else yeah. to to do anything. So I just lose. 
And um, so I did my setup, but I couldn't get the DCE. Um, and then he actually, yeah, he played on front on two, uh, and I couldn't yeah. do anything. I played like a couple of turns, but he clearly wasn't going to bench anything else, so I just scooped. Yeah, bit um, of a checkmate, that one, isn't it, really? <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bit of a checkmate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's a kind of dumb checkmate, but uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, I hope this isn't, he doesn't start from Macro again, but he didn't. So I don't remember exactly how game two, game three, uh, went on, but I, I remember that we were some like close games. I think Hunter said that it was probably the most exciting games he played um, in the during the weekends. And I know that some of my friends told me that these games were pretty crazy to watch as well. So yeah, I guess give it a <laughs> give it a, a look if you want to. Uh, I know that I won game two. I lost game uh, three, plus pretty close, and I think I probably could have won. I'm actually wondering if I'm didn't have the, the win hand at some point, but um, it was a bit weird because like he had try and play and I had to, and I wanted to keep it in play because I needed to ten more damage on his own projects to do some plays with Dugong, but also my DNTX on the bench was 10 damage away from being knocked out, so I needed to prevent that. So yeah, I, I tried some um, some stuff, but I think at some point I might have had the, the win with uh, Dugong uh, Choice Ben Guzma play or something, taking free prizes. Also, I had to find out how he's didn't instead of the punch crow, because I felt like I, could ha I would have more opportunities to knock out the the punch crow later. But it turned out that because of I know didn't he could uh, get it back with Rescue Switcher, and that drew him the last Guzma he needed to win the game. So, yeah, he played very well, and I probably could have, could have played better. So, I guess it's the deserved outcome. So I was a bit, uh, a bit frustrated after this loss because, yeah, it was a. I felt like I should have won if I played correctly, um, but yeah. Anyway, I was still in the in the race for top eight. I needed to win my last two rounds. Um, so when I first I was against two droppable things. It was like okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty surprising. But I, like again, I was like, okay, how do I play against this? Well, Honech has. 50 or 60 HP, right? So, is mm -hmm. gonna be pretty good. Obviously, he made Mew, and he had the uh, selfie hood, so uh, even Merc wasn't enough, but uh, Merc was still good to prevent a bunch of, uh, of stuff he would he could have uh, going on. You know, he played Jirashi, so uh, having Merc was pretty useful. Um, although he had to bench a lot of stuff, whether that's Marshadow, Jirashi, uh, Genesec GX, so he could have two tools on one spot. And that doesn't give him with a lot of space for Honech and the Blade. So you know, if he, has, if he only has two in play and I knock them out at the same time with the, with Jugong, uh, he has to take a turn to set up something again, which leaves me the opportunity to Guzma and take knockouts and stuff. So it was actually okay. Uh, I think it got smug early in round one, and that's helped um, a lot. Like I don't remember if he scooped or if I took all the, the prizes, but it went um, decently fast. Uh, game two, he got a very quick start, and um, I think I got a slow one. And Doublet was actually doing a lot of damage, so uh, yeah, I, I kind of underestimated the, the amount of damage that Doublet could, uh, could deal. Like this can actually deal 210 damage pretty easily with all the tool searching, the adventure bags, and stuff like yeah. this. So. Goes pretty fast. Uh, in game three, he also got a good setup uh, at first. Like I was like, okay, as a matter of fact, turn two was like, okay, I didn't take a knockout or something, but 
uh, I can leave Zorakim deactive, he shouldn't uh, have a knockout. And then I was like, wait, actually, if, if you just get the adventure back, he can escape rope, so he removes his active Jarashim, and he just needs a few tools on the bench, and I know he already has one because he took it off the witch jump before, and I was like, crossing in my head, I was like, wait, actually, he's going to get a knockout very... <laughs> it's not that hard for him to get a knockout. Uh, but thankfully, he missed the, the energy. And um, uh, yeah, his bench, like he had a lot of. Uh, so I think he brought out something like Marcelo for the sacrifice, but he only had one double in play because I had knocked out Dito before and he um, only had, yeah, one double setup, so on the bench. So I think I was like, okay, I need to knock this out. And it's going to be very strong if I knock it out. So I used communication for Lele, for Guzma to, even if it made my bench very awkward, it was like, yeah, if I get this, this turn, I, I, I'm in a very, very good spot. And as soon as I did, he scooped because he revealed that he had three Honeds that were priced. So, Jesus. you know, <laughs> okay, pretty lucky uh, for me, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah, you take them, you take them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the, yeah. And uh, the next, uh, the last round, the winner in basically was against Malamar. So before the round, I checked the variance and uh, because I was a bit worried, but 35. Uh, match points might not make it, but looking at the pairings, it was like, okay, 35 is absolutely safe, like, it, it will probably be a clean win and in, yeah. a, um, a clean cut, I mean, but yeah, and I knew that if I won that, I was in top 8 for sure, so I was very, very motivated, and, um, yeah, and like both games, my opponent didn't get great setups, I mean, um, game 1, both our setups were pretty slow, but, uh, you know, I was like, I was fine with taking time because I could set up Mutt, which would slow him down a lot, prevent him from using Martial GX, Rashi, Giratina, stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he managed to evolve one EK, but he still had two left. And uh, I was whiffing energy, I think, for a few turns, but at least I was setting up, so I had Freeze or I can play, and I, I was feeling good. And then at some point, I brought out Jugong, and I went knockout on your two EKs. And I think it's good, like, to turn up to that because. I was taking the lead, he didn't have the setup he wanted. Yeah. And game two, he had just a terrible start. He, I think he went turn one, just in K pass, or maybe a bench Giotina, attached pass, something like a very virtual start. Uh, had a good enough setup, you know, uh, um, not amazing. I think I relied on only one trade for a few turns, but since he wasn't drawing anything, that was enough. Uh, I got a little as soon as I could to prevent him getting Marshadow or Lele GX for the um, to set up. He goes mad my Merc, I managed to retweet it with Titanizer, I think. Um, or Guzma. Uh, anyway, yeah, I just um, yeah, I he just had nothing going on and I started uh, he started using the Ultronic Crossbow at some point, he finally top decked, but he couldn't get enough uh, energy on it, so he just attacked my my Zoark for 100 or something, or 130. Yeah. Uh, I use this one to heal, I just do hit knock out his Ultronic Crossma, and uh, yeah, I think he, he just scooped, and uh, he was, uh, he was, I mean, kind of frustrated, like, which I can understand, you know, like, losing your, your winning off of, uh, of the draws is, uh, is not fun. Uh, but, and, I mean, I guess it wasn't the most glorious way to get into the top eight, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'll take it, you know, you, sometimes you open on the draws and you just have to be there you happy go. for it, because, yeah, yeah, I mean, day. I was in top eight again, you know, I was like, yeah, wait, actually, I can still get my title, and I right. was like, wait, can I actually still, can I actually win this tournament again, is it actually possible? Yeah. I mean, even just making top eight, it was, it was already a great feeling, I knew that, uh, um, 
you know, making top eight for the this tournament for the second time in a row, uh, getting my third international top eight, which uh, only like four players apart from me have ever done, which was uh, a very good feeling. Uh, but yeah, the, the day wasn't over. We had a, a small break, and then the the top eight was beginning. So I, I was matched against Sadus Beasts for top eight. So that was Magnus Peterson. Um, he was playing the same build he won Yon Chopping Regionals with, which is no Rainbow Energy, but instead he had Verdian Forest and Basic Energy. Yeah. So, like, free fighting energy with two as well, and one psychic with an illegal. Um, yeah, game one didn't go in my favor because uh, it's actually pretty annoying because he, he, he can find his uh, energy easily, and he, since he doesn't get damage from the Rainbow Energy, um, he can. Um, uh, it's hard for me to, to knock it out, you know. I, I cannot go Kuzma to 120 to the best wall with Zorak. So I had to um, settle from some other stuff. And usually the, the, the game plan against Zabdos Beast is you take one prize with uh, Righteous Beating on Zabdos typically, and then you take two prizes with Dugong, you put 60 and 60 on two Jirashi or Jirashi and Marshadow or something, and you knock them out with Giratina, so you take two prizes at the same time and you don't activate Stage Hammer. But the thing is that when you do that, you know, you just don't touch the buzz wall. But he went uh, fighting on buzz wall and didn't sell the engine, so he had a lightning on it as well. And then, uh, yeah, sure, I can take two prizes at the same time to skip the chamber, but then he can just attach another fighting, which he hides with the Virgin Forest. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, and then, yeah, he goes uh, 80 with... Um, with a swing around, and I think he did that, and he also supported me for two and got the choice man, so uh, that's 110, that's a knock on arc, and I wasn't in a good spot. Um, so yeah, I needed him to, to whiff a bit more than he did, um, and I guess I didn't play around this all very well, but I'm not sure what I could have done really in that matchup uh, when he had a good start like this, so uh, I lost game one, I wasn't feeling uh, amazing, but I knew that I like the matchup wasn't as bad as it seemed in game one, so uh, especially if I could go first in uh, afterwards. So I went first in uh, game two. I had a, uh, a good setup, and he also took the leading prizes. But what I did then was, since he didn't play Rainbow Energy, um, basically something that Zados Beast can do sometimes. It's a bit weird. Is that can actually knock out their own Pokemon with Rainbow um, to like prevent you from setting up big stinger plays or just to be like, okay, I'm not got my basic with rainbow, so now you take one prize, now you're out of four prizes, and now can you stage hammer. Uh, but okay, there are yeah, some yeah. stuff that could come out in testing sometimes. But since he didn't play rainbow, he couldn't do any of that. So what I did was I prepared, um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to win this on a straight prize race, so I got purple, I evolved into Nakanadale, which is hard for him to knock out. And then I prepared the... The thing, I put 60 on two Pokemon with, uh, on, like, Jirashi and Marshadow with Dugong. And then I went Stinger GX. And after that, I could just go, um, you know, Dissertion Door uh, with Gashina to knock out the two Pokemon that I had left with an HP. Take two prizes, and then Guzma something with Zorak, Virtus Beating, and uh, take the third prize. I basically take three prizes in one turn Oof. after the second day. Very so nice. that's, that's what I did. Actually, I was pre I'm pretty proud of how I set up this. Yeah. I actually kind of misplayed at some point because I didn't even trade during one turn, but I didn't need a trade because I knew that I had the, the checkmate set up. 
Yeah. And uh, since his Marshmallow was already in play, there was no way he was going to change my hand. And I knew that I had all the pieces on. I even got stuff like, you know, I, I got the, the, my Marshmallow in play so that I could remove it by discarding his stadium if I needed space for the session door, but also if he knocked out something else and he didn't need the space, I also just bring Marshadow and TGC to it to knock out Buzzwell. So yeah. yeah, just try to prevent to have every scenario uh, mapped out. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of how this turned out. And then game three, my opponent got a price penalty, double price penalty on turn one because he started Coco Prism, he retreated to Jirashi, he went, uh, I think he found Lilius, no, maybe not Lilius, like Cynthia. And then uh, he played it, and then he attached his skateboard to Jirashi, and he retreated to another Jirashi, and he used Stellar Wish, and he played ball. And then uh, I think, I don't know, the judges, judges didn't see it, and we didn't see it, so I think it was either the commentators or the audience who saw it. But anyway, I, another judge came, came in up, he said, wait a minute. Uh, they made it to post the game, and then they came back and was like, yeah, you actually retreated twice, and after that, you used Stellar Wish, and this ball, so you saw your deck, and so on. Yeah. So you drew extra cards, and uh, so yeah, that was a double price penalty. Um, which, um, you know, I feel like I still had a shot in that game probably because I could still try to, for the same kind of uh, sticker price. Even if he got the lead, I could still go for the same sort of strategy than in, uh, in game two. But since he had this double price penalty, I knew that I only had to take four prizes, so I just um, took them as fast as I could without knowing that I could get them faster than he, than he would take six. So yeah, just took one fast prize, then I used Dugong to take two prizes with Gertina. And I just needed one more, which I used with, uh, with Zora GX, so no single play or anything. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's... I don't know what I would say. I, I cannot be proud of winning a game with a, with a press penalty because it makes it easier, of course, but, you know, I, I lost the finals of an international party because of a double press penalty like this, so... You know, well, when it happens in my favor, I'm not gonna... Yeah. I'm not gonna well, what I always say with stuff like that is you have to learn from mistakes, and I guarantee he yeah. won't. He won't retreat twice again after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, so that's yeah. us in the top four now. Talk. Oh, and I see top fours against Pikarom. Now this was, like you said, one, probably one of the more troubling matchups. So talk to me how that one went. Yeah. So I got to do some sort of scouting before the the round very quickly, just by asking people who saw his top eight game and everything. So. Uh, they told me that he was playing the Jirashi variant of Pikaram. He wasn't playing Wobbuffet, he wasn't playing any healing cards, like a solo or stuff that could be very annoying. But he was playing one um, Aether Paradise uh, Stadium, which okay. you know you have to keep in mind because that can make your Joey Kales harder. Yeah. And, uh, and so on. Uh, on the bright side, yeah, the Jirashi variant of the deck uh, is even more weak to Alan Muck, but uh, the Overbearance because. You will rely more on Jirashi, so you're a little bit slower. You fill your bench with some more uh, support Pokemon. So if you cannot use this support Pokemon, you are in a worse spot than if you just went full aggro Pikaram, in which case, sure, I can get Merc, but maybe you still have, you already have uh, six energy in play by the time I get Merc, so you don't really care about it. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, Merc was definitely the, the MVP um, in this uh, game. I'm not sure exactly how it went. I'm pretty sure I didn't actually use Tinker. I think round one, I just got Merc very early. He couldn't get anything out. And uh, yeah, just uh, took a bunch of prizes uh, in a row. Uh, game two, he went fast and I couldn't really... Um, maybe I actually got a singer. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it wasn't enough anyway. 
or maybe I just didn't get the, the CV I wanted. He, I think I had my setup was, uh, I think I had a bad start. And then game three, so I was uh, setting up pretty well. Then I got myself a double price penalty. Basically, I used trade and I took my two, my two cards and I accidentally saw the third one. So I said, whoops, sorry, actually, I accidentally saw it. Uh, just were like, oh, you saw the card? And I was like, yeah, I, but I'm going back in the deck anyway for trouble because, I mean, obviously they couldn't know that I was yeah. going back anyway, but I mean, it was turn two and my opponent uh, had a, like, I had D2 on the bench and my plan was absolutely to put a landmark in place to prevent him from uh, sending up. So, in my mind, it didn't matter. And, um, but, uh, yeah, so the judges were like, okay, yeah, well, uh, you, you told us, we are convinced that it's, it is unintentional, so it's a, we give you a warning. And then my opponent appealed to the head judge, saying, wait, so this shouldn't be a warning. So, yeah, after some wait, the, the head judge came over and he was like, well, yeah, you saw uh, the card that gives you extra information. Um, so, this has to be a double press penalty, I'm sorry. And I was very frustrated because, you know, it was like, I called the judge myself because I wanted, didn't want yeah. anyone to believe that was going on and then I was getting punished with this uh, dual press penalty and uh, I, I felt like if I lost because of this it would be a very uh, very frustrating way to lose you know because yeah. basically uh, <laughs> uh, It'd be awful, uh, wouldn't it? yeah yeah but yeah so anyway I got the dual press penalty but uh, so I went for the um, for the for the, the original plan actually I was wondering at some point should I set up like an RSO arc or or something should I put Merc, but since he got a double personality, I was like, okay, the way I'm winning if he is if Merc just uh, completely shuts him down. So I went yeah. for Merc, and I think his next turn was like draw pass or something. So I was like, okay, he actually has nothing. He was maybe he actually needed this personality to <laughs> just to have a shot at the game. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna be very careful from now on, but also I'm gonna think uh, so not to take any to actually see any cars or anything, but also I need to, um, I actually have a shot, even with a double press penalty, I can do it. So, I don't remember exactly how it went, but yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I tried to put some damage on the, his speaker arm, you know, went out with the, with the normal um, game plan. Yeah. Because of double press penalty, Stinger GX wasn't an option, yeah. uh, because then if I Stinger, he only needs to take one prize to win, right? Because he only he needs to take yes. two less than usual. So you cannot Stinger unless you are absolutely sure that your opponent will not take any prize next turn, which I couldn't be. But also maybe I had uh, some pieces of Negadel prize and not sure. But yeah, you know, he use uh, zero res JX attack to um, to put energy on Picaran. Uh, oh, I okay. think I used, uh, yeah, that's like always time that things are going good, especially since was for like free energy. Um, yeah, there was some point where I was like, I sh felt like I should maybe have played a field blower because uh, he could have taken a knockout on my Zorak GX with extra power and uh, choice demands with uh, his um, zero aura. Uh, but he didn't get it or he didn't choose to go for it, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, anyway, people told me later, but yeah, it was good for me not to play the football on the choice one because otherwise my opponent would have played the Avatar Paradise he had in his hand just ever worse. And uh, that would have made, it, made the game much harder for me. Oh yeah, actually remember what happened. Uh, the reason why I was debating going for Merc in the, on turn 2 at first was because my opponent had Thunder Mountain in play. 
So I could have wanted Marchado to, so he couldn't have the, he couldn't to remove his stadium, but yeah. Merck was more important, so I went for it. And um, and yeah, so finally, what happened is that I think at some point he managed to draw out of the, the issue. Maybe he actually knocked out uh, the Merck. I'm not sure, but uh, I had taken enough uh, enough of a lead at some at that point, and he took like three prizes in total. But uh, yeah, he couldn't even get, get the, the fourth one. So so yeah, so I actually won despite the, the price penalty. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah, so I was very happy. Um, <laughs> All my friends were, were very happy, they congratulated me. Oshavio um, Gouveia from Brazil was very happy because he was 8th uh, place in the LATAM rankings at that point. And mm -hmm. the only way he lost his top 8 uh, stipend, his day 2 uh, stipend for Worlds basically, was if Diego Casiraga actually won the tournament. So when Diego actually sneaked into the top 8, he wasn't happy when he won his top 4 match. He wasn't happy, and uh, I think he was getting very worried when I got a triple press penalty, so he was, <laughs> he was very grateful for me for, yeah, basically knocking him out, him out, of, out of the competition. And then, yeah, so uh, I went home uh, afterwards. I mean, I mean we, get, we went to get dinner, and then we got home, um, and then I watched the, the stream to figure out my opponents, my final opponents' uh, entire list. Yeah. Uh, as opponent was, I was like, okay, I have, I have it, I have the 60 cards, uh, and then I rebuilt the deck and I played um, some of my, the people in my Airbnb were kind enough to take the deck to, to play a few games against me. I think I went like 4-1 in, in games and I was like, okay, that should be fine. Uh, I know how to play, I knew he had Wobbuffet, so I wasn't going to play Ditto unless his bench was full or anything. Yeah, um, yeah uh, so I had a lot of... Uh, I mean, I knew that things could go wrong, especially if he went for the early let loose and I drew nothing. I knew that that was always a possibility, but otherwise I knew what I had to do, and I, um, and I felt like I could do it, like that's the, like the, the stinger strategy could, uh, could pay off. Yeah. I remember the, my friend I was with, because we went to a challenge, I think, the, I think we went to two challenges that weekend, and I was like, oh, Stefan got to the final, like, buzzing. And he's like, he was like, do you reckon, do you reckon if in the final they just like play the matchup over and over the night before? I was like, of course they do. Why wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> I would. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, glad yeah. that, I'm sort of glad that I got an answer to that question indirectly. Though. Yeah, for for and yeah, nationals actually didn't prepare enough. I was like, okay, I've played against a bit Azul play who played the same list. Uh, I know that the matchup is good. I I watched the stream to figure out his list, but I didn't have the exact list. I got like 58 cards of it and was like, hey, close enough, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh, I didn't play any games um, until the evening. And uh, honestly, I kind of regretted it after a loss. I was like, maybe if I, prepared before, if I had prepared before, I would, I would, I don't know if it, I would have won, but at least uh, I felt like I wasn't, you know, prepared the best as I could. Yeah. So I, didn't, I really didn't want to repeat that mistake. I really wanted to. Even if it was boring, even if it was meant forcing people to play against me on a, on the Saturday evening, even if it meant taking half an hour to watch a stream and write every card down of his list, I wanted to you know to be one hundred fifty percent prepared. Well, yeah, well that's that's what you got to do at this at this sort of stage. I'll be doing that same thing. So talk to us <laughs> then. Day of the finals. We woke up. We had our shower. We washed our face. We've got our deck ready. Talk to me about the day of the final. What's going through your head and what are we thinking? Yeah, so I had to, to get up to be there at uh, 8.30 in the venue, which is a time away 
range of points. Which was weird because we that were playing seniors were as come for 9.30, I don't know why. I still don't know why we had to come that early, but um, yeah, anyway, I was there, uh, Emery was there as well, so we gave up, we gave our decks to the judges. Um, and then it was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, I could get in line for the Sword and Shield demo, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to have enough time to, to wait, I don't know, plus I was a bit nervous, so I didn't really... Um, yeah, I want to take off my mind off of stuff. Yeah, I was about um, to say, so like in this sort of time here, like, what are, you, are you trying to take your head? Are you trying to not think about the match? Are you just trying to just chill out, relax? Like, what are we sort of uh, here? What yeah, we... it's, very, it's very hard, you know, like I was walking around trying to find something to do, talking to people, and uh, then sometimes what I think it was like, wait, I'm in the finals, and I was like almost <laughs> tearing up because of, because of emotion, which is a yeah. weird emotion. It's like part joy, part... Um, uh, like anxiety, part it's it's a yeah, yeah. it's weird part, you know. I don't want to to lose this one again. I don't. I really want to have my <laughs> to to after losing in Oceania in the finals of Oceania. I really want to to to, to win this time. So a big uh, mix of emotions. So yeah, I was walking around. Um, usually I try to listen to to music, but uh, I don't have my uh, my. Uh, uh, headphones with me, so yeah, okay. I, I couldn't. But it was like it's it's fine anyway. Um, so yeah, I was sometimes I was walking around just uh, humming music to myself. I also went to, to talk with people to not to get structured. You know, I watched a little bit of the top four juniors at first yeah, uh, before yeah. the, the stream came up. The junior top four was playing uh, at the same time, so I was kind of watching, talking with uh, uh, some European players that were there. Also, then I went to to watch the to take a seat to watch the the juniors and seniors finals, especially the seniors finals, because um, Isaiah Bradner uh, was in the finals of seniors and he played basically the same deck as me. I mean, oh, yeah. we, he had like two pass difference, but uh, definitely the, he was part of the testing group. So seeing him get to the finals was very, very, uh, we were all very happy for him and I really wanted him to, to win and prove <laughs> and also, yeah, you know, bring at least one win to Forza or Artigan, even if. I don't know yet if I could do it. So, yeah, I was I was watching this with many people from the the Airbnb who were all very all uh, uh, euphoric when he when he won. Yeah. And but I knew it was my turn to to go up on the stage. So, so yeah, I grabbed my, my water bottle and uh, I went up there and uh, I played the finals. Uh, game one, you know, he was first and like okay, sure. <laughs> I feel like I started maybe twenty five percent of my rounds, but. It's not that important. Uh, then he went to turn one, then I didn't look at my hand, and then I, I look at my hand when it's my turn, and I'm like, wait, there's no supporter, there's no <laughs> there's no Lele or way to get hit or anything, and like, am I really gonna throw that in game one of the finals? So I just go nest ball for Zora, yeah. and uh, and then on his turn, he goes nest my Zora, knocks it down with Zabdos. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, that. Yeah. on. And then yeah. I top deck the GX, when I'm like, okay. This oh, can, can I just pause here for a second? Sorry, because uh, this was when we was trying. This is when we was on the train. I think me and my friend back from a challenge, and I was like, "Oh, the yeah. final started quick." So we started watching, and then uh, he we seen that he let loose yeah. And then when you flipped over your hand, I was like, "Oh no!" And then you put the Zora <laughs> down, he killed it. I was like, "Oh no!" But then we got to a part where it was in a tunnel for a long time. So we couldn't get any reception. Mm. So then, anyway, when we got to the pub. 
that's when you put the Wi-Fi on, and then we seen you won. I was like, wait, what? How did? Wait, what? So, <laughs> so, so now I've been saving it. I, I was gonna watch it back, but I thought I'd wait because I knew you were gonna come on. So, that, so now I get to hear exactly uh, how you pulled this around because at the time I was like, oh no, he's he's, he's been done dirty by Let Loose. So, talk to me. How did you uh, pull this around? Yeah. So, spoiler, uh, spoiler alert. I guess. Um, <laughs> actually, Top Deck did a GX the turn after that. And that was probably the best card I could have got, got because I could do bad and draw cards with a supporter. Anyway, I managed to get like two Zora and Dito um, on the bench or something. His bench was full, so I was okay um, with having Dito on the on the board. I mean, technically, he could have played his stadium, used his uh, Unbroken Bars Martial Dose to remove it to free up a space on the bench, and then bench over that. But uh, that seemed like something a bit weird. Uh, to do. So, yeah, I think Dito was good here because if I go set up a landmark, I knew I was in a good spot. Um, he had the second Guzma for Dito, so uh, yeah, that's one prize, but then I, you know, it was like, okay, he just used two Guzma. He actually isn't adding energy, so his hand is not great. So losing Dito didn't bother me that much. And then I set up Zorak, and my plan was, well, he has a full bench. He doesn't have a lot of energy, so he isn't really threatening me because Zabdos sure is knocking out some stuff, but it's not knocking out um, uh, Zorak. So yeah, my plan was to Guzma, um, put damage on Picaram, then Stinger, then win. So yeah, also Stinger made it so that I didn't really care about the prizes he took on my bench with Guzma early on. Um, so yeah, Guzma the the Picaram, I put 100 damage on it. Uh, I would. I couldn't find the, the purple, it was in my day, but I just couldn't find a way to search for it, so uh, I had to keep a, ben a bench spot open for it. He had a third Guzma where he knocked out my Mew, uh, but you know, I didn't care at what point, I was like, okay, sure, but you've used three Guzmas, so if I bench purple, you're probably not going to be able to knock it out. And um, yeah, that's basically how it went. I got I got purple like one or two turns later. I obviously didn't want to take any knockouts, so, but to not free a bench space because his bench was full, so he couldn't actually even use Cuckoo um, um, Prism Star. So he was, yeah, he, his setup was very uh, compromised by that. And um, so, yeah, at some point he had to play two energy switch uh, to attach energy to move energy to DNA GX, and he used. Um, Tingly Return GX, I think that's the, the name of the attack. Yeah, Basically, the name is GX. <laughs> yeah, to deal 50, um, paralyze me, and get the name back to the hands. So it's like, okay, sure, you're going to be able to bench the name and draw cards again, but uh, um, I wasn't really worried. Unless maybe he picked up the, the last Guzma, but he didn't. So I used Exola to heal Zorak, Brother Jigong, put 60 more damage on uh, Picaram um, there, then he. Uh, yeah, he drew cards. I don't exactly remember how he set up. He used the Google Prism on that turn as well, but it didn't matter too much. And then I, yeah, then I get, I went for the singer play, and two turns later, uh, I knocked out his Picaram and won the game. So yeah, that's uh, Stinger just uh, getting me, I think, Stinger. two or three prizes or something. Thinking the value there. Uh, yeah, I think Stinger may when like. Change the price count from six to three to three to three, so just three prices, three free prices, and uh, and then I just needed to get like find the items match to knock out the So 
Yeah, exactly the kind of uh, things that we put the cards into the deck for. Yeah, and then game two, I mean, I'm sure you saw it, but uh, for those who didn't, um, um, he let loose on turn one again, except this time he was the one who drew nothing. And then I got up and ran Merc two turns later, saying, well, if you have nothing, then you're still going to get nothing. And I, yeah, just uh, prevented him from getting anything. And then just knocked out his uh, two or three Pokemon in a, a few turns. Like, not the most exciting <laughs> uh, stuff, but, um, you know, he, as he wrote himself, I think, live by the let loose, die by the let loose. And sometimes you're the one who gets the, the bad hand, and uh, I certainly just uh, just capitalized on that, brought Merc to lock up the game. Yeah, to be, I, I remember watching that game as soon as Muck came out, I was like, well, that's that then. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I felt when I was talking to my deck. It was like, yeah, I have a lot of luck. I take it and I'm going to bench it and I'm going to evolve it. I was like, I think I've won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a weird feeling when you're in the middle of the game and you're like, well, I think I just won my second national championship like this. Yeah. Obviously, you need to play the game out, but I was pretty sure that he wouldn't come back from this. Yeah, literally. I remember you, I think it was your ultra ball in four, and you seemed to take your time. I was like, wait, is there something else he's thinking about here? Yeah, but, then, but, then, but then you took more cards, I was like, right. And I yeah, that I wasn't point... hesitating. I was, I was just looking to make sure that I wasn't making a mistake because it, it felt like okay. a big turning point, like the big, uh, yeah. big but yeah, I was, uh, I knew that taking anything else would be a, a misplay. A bad misplay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And then I bet, I bet, if that was me, when I put that muck down, but like, right, well, and that's the NI, the NAIC championship all locked up right there. <laughs> but no, yeah. congratulations, bro. That's how it works out loud. That was ridiculous. So back to back, NAIC champion, and I believe you got the most CP in the EU, right? If I'm, if I'm, is that am I correct in saying that most CP in Europe? Oh yeah, 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 most CP in Europe. I think like Pedro is second place. He has a. Uh, He's like 600 points behind me, so... Wow, okay, it's not even close then, so congratulations no. <laughs> on that then. Best EU player this season, oh my lord, and he's on it. It feels pretty good because, you know, when I was looking at the kind of players who... Who got first play? Who got uh, first in EU uh, years back, you know, you have like yeah. Tor Rickleck, who goes last year, Gabe Schultz the year before, um, you had like Martin Janusz in 2015 or yeah. something, when the, the year when he wasn't very well and he top 8 at Worlds, so... It's a really uh, uh, some some really amazing players yeah. to, and it, it, I'm glad to be one of those now. Yeah, well, that's a nice exclusive club you join in there. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> There's definitely worse exactly. clubs you can be in there. So, um, so moving forward, then, obviously for us other guys, we were because well, I think you can start earning CP for next year, like next week, right? So we've got a little bit left of this matter. Would you say? Mm. I might, I might hear a bit of biasy here, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Would you say this Zoroark deck, Zoroark Dugong, would you say it's the best deck in format? Um, well, I'm still not even sure. I mean, if it's obviously a very great deck. The issue is that, no, obviously people know all about it. They know all about Nagnadel. And if you know yeah. about it, there are a lot of decks you can play to make matches better. Like, yeah. you take your Picaram, you add, um, well, either a Super Scoop Up or Max Potion or Isero Line it. Yeah. And suddenly the, the matchup is a lot is a much better because the, the single play isn't safe anymore. So uh, obviously you still have to be wary of hitting the bench or something like this. But uh, you, you take a good turbo pick around this and you put one of these and uh, suddenly you're in a good spot against uh, Zorak, I think. You take um, Rizard and you same thing, you play um, Rest of the Shock or Militar, or something like this, you, you're doing better. Also, I think some, an underrated card is... Uh, of all things, uh, Pseudo Widow. 
I know that nobody is playing this, and it's really not worth playing just for Zoro Archibus. Um, so the Widow actually um, would be a big issue for Zoro Arch, and it also is good against some other um, non-GX deck that we've seen pop up at uh, NAIC, like for example Spirit Jump Stunfix, right? You need the, your bench space to have all your damage Pokemon. Um, tool drop, you need bench space to, to get your tools. So if you have any of these, uh, if you face any of these, like Sulu is actually better than uh, what you'd expect. Uh, I don't know if I would play Sulu if I was playing like Rishizar, for example, but it's not like if you're looking for something a little bit off the wall that's uh, uh, like some, some tech that might help you, it's worth considering at least. So, yeah, is there on two guns uh, the best deck? I'm not sure. I think it's uh, I think it's still very good. Like, I think if you feel like the, you want to play the deck, you can definitely go for it and do great, you can win cups with it. Uh, it's not an easy deck to, to play if you've never played it before, but um, it's not that hard either to, to figure out, it's uh, a Pokemon deck. Um, yeah, personally I don't think, um, well I'm not sure if I'm going to play any League Cups like in, in July, probably, maybe one. Uh, I will probably will not play Zoraktigong because I kind of want my my, my last memory yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. playing the deck be winning the international, you know. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so for for them sentimental reason, I probably play something else. Don't ask me what. I have no idea what, but uh, that's probably some other deck that I can play in this format. Oh yeah, of course, of course. So. And then to any to any people now that listen to this and thought, you know what, this Zoroark Dugong, this sounds like my kind of deck. Now, I've played Zoroark a little bit, so I know what I'm on about. Do you reckon there's any changes to the list that you would potentially make now? Well, I'd consider adding Primer back to the deck because uh, Merc is... Like, playing zero one one Merc was absolutely fine in a meta game where people didn't know... Well, just in a big tournament where people don't know your list, so um, they wouldn't know necessarily that you didn't have a grammar. Um, now, maybe it's uh, a bit more risky because um, people know that they, even though it's detailed, you, there's no way to get Merc back. So if you can find space to, to add grammar back, it could be good. Um, but that said, I don't know what you would remove for for it, <laughs> to be honest. I guess it depends on your, on your local bit of the game. But um, yeah, it's not easy to find space for this, but that's uh, one card that I would consider playing if uh, I was playing Zora Chigong again. Okay, fair enough. Right, and then, um, so I think we'll wrap up there then, Stefan. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, You're welcome. Especially after your big, long victory. Oh, my Lord. So I'll leave the floor to you then. Any, any shout-outs, anyone you want to sort of, I don't know, say thanks or anything like that? Yeah, well, uh, once again, uh, I know I've said a lot, but I just want to, to thank again everyone who contributed to this victory, all the people I tested with, all the people who suggested uh, ide ideas, who played games with me and so on. It was really a, a big team effort, so uh, I want to say thanks once again since we're talking about NAIC. Um, also, um, shout out to Tupac Beach, I'm writing articles for them. I wrote a big, uh, <laughs> a huge article on Zora Tugong the week before NAIC, and we've removed the paywall on it, so if you want to learn more about the deck, it was before we did, uh, the innovation of Naganadel GX, but it's still a very good um, like introduction to the deck, I think. So uh, if you want to check out my article there, you can check it out. And uh, if uh, you like my uh, writing style and you want to read more about 
like this, uh, maybe consider subscribing. Uh, oh, it always helps me. Uh, you don't have to if you don't want, obviously. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to no team because I'm on no team at all right now, but uh, who knows, maybe in the future. And uh, yeah, and also I should mention that uh, if anyone is interested, I am doing coaching, including for younger players, like juniors and seniors. So if you want some help uh, um, for Worlds, well, consider you can always contact me through Messenger or Twitter or my email is in my Twitter view, I think. So yeah, you can contact me anyway. All right, thank you very much. Sorry for getting a bit. Uh, I, I can rumble a little bit sometimes, so thank you for being patient with me. <laughs> oh no, don't be serious. This is exactly what I want to be. Come on, man. You're the back to back NRC champion. We're here to listen I to am. you, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to hear everything. I want to hear the play by play. I want to hear what's going through your head. So, no, it's it always a pleasure getting you on, Stefan. You always give such good competitive insight. And, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you've got to stick your chest out. you got the most CP in Europe, bro. You're allowed <laughs> to rumble on sometimes. <laughs> and, I'll just get, and I'll just get on to my uh, normal channel. Out. So, thank you so much for everyone listening. To be fair, because if it weren't for you guys listening, then uh, we all, I wouldn't be chatting to him right now. So, thank you to all that. Um, yeah, let's go chat out to the YouTube channel. Try and push out a lot more stuff. I've actually got a few comedy videos lined up, so that could be kind of fun. So, uh, keep your eyes open for that. Check the Twitter, Hot Chop PTCG. Um, what else have we got? Check the YouTube channel for that already. Check out the SoundCloud. Um, and then, yeah. So that's been episode 13 of the Slowpoke. Well, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you all next time.